Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, it's a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they lived in another city around the world. And as you know, soccer season has kicked off full swing in many states. And what that means for me is not only am I a budding entrepreneur, soccer dad, soccer coach, and personal trainer, but now go ahead and add taxi driver to the um, job description. So I'm back, you know, shuffling my boys from this practice to that practice, along with other activities in, in the area. And so I haven't been as diligent as I should about posting some of the interviews for the Inside Scoop. And I apologize for that because the show has been really, really successful. At least I've enjoyed it because it's turned more into a cultural exchange with people from all over the world through the lens of youth soccer. So my commitment to you guys is this week we're going to post... Uh, a show from Africa, and then next week, the following week, we're going to post a show from Asia. And if you're not familiar with Anytime Soccer Training, it's a website we created for parents and coaches, by parents and coaches, that will host over 1,000 soccer training videos that are 100% follow along. And the, and the devil of this program is in the details in that videos range from 3 minutes to 20 minutes, interval-based, so your child will stick with them and they follow a step-by-step curriculum we got other features that we're we're adding and i got a big surprise for you guys um that will happen in a few months so i look forward to that and the reason i'm so proud of the product is now i have something i'm actually doing a clinic later on today where i'll have a group of kids we can hit play i got the speakers on and they can follow along and then i'm then giving them coaching tips. Now, I guess that's a politically correct way of saying it. I'm giving them coaching tips while they're doing the videos and I can meet them where they're at. And then I give them homework to say, I want these videos done by the next time I meet you guys. So if you're, if you're a coach or a club director out there and you want your, um, um, families to try anytime soccer training for free, reach out to me, Neil, N-E-I-L at anytime-soccer.com and I'll do what I can to set you guys up with a free account. Why would I do that? Because we know the product works if you use it and we know that when parents use it, um, the children will get better and they will spread the word. So that is anytime-soccer.com or you can join a mailing list and we'll send you information like this as well as free um, soccer training content now let's go on with the show and this show is going to be like many of my shows um almost like a part two from the previous episode but unlike my shows i'm doing this one specifically to put something out there for public consumption so that um a mental coach that i'm going to invite on in the next couple of weeks i want him to listen to it and then he he kind of specializes in this stuff. And then I want him to give us um, his opinion on what I've said and any tips that he can share from the work that he's done with hundreds of kids 
on the areas of like goal setting and managing expectations and managing adversity and difficulty. So um, that's sort of what we're going to do today. So as a reminder, because this show is a piggyback on the previous show, as a reminder, in the previous show, I effectively argued um, that there are three things that the parent trainer, three arguments that the parent trainer should should ignore. And I'm not saying that from the perspective of ignore it like you want to argue with folks. I'm saying it more like, hey, this is a sort of positive message to say, keep doing what you're doing, but stay reflective, uh, uh, be responsive to your child and and uh, to your child's interests and obviously don't overdo it. So it's within that context. I said, listen, when you post on social media, your child doing some um, training, right? Or you have a question, especially when your child is very young, many of the spaces are not what I would consider space, safe spaces. And many of the comments are not what I would consider to be particularly helpful. And three of them are in no particular order. The first one is um, that when you post something on social media, asking about your child or asking about advice or tips uh, as it relates to training within the area of youth sports, one common argument or response you're going to receive is and it falls into two big buckets you raising you training your child or working with your child is not going to produce the next and you pick the athlete the most elite athlete in that particular sport fill in the blank it's not going to raise the next Messi or the next Deion Sanders or the next you know LeBron James whatever the sport is put it in there and I hope, and I, you know, and this is with asterisks because I know some of our parent, parents probably do, but I hope we understand that that's not going to be the case. You working with your child at home is not going to turn them into the next great thing. But at the same time, you know, you do have sincere questions. You should not be ashamed for working with your child. And then another thing that pops up, and there's a nuanced point that I didn't make here, is they often say, well, if your child is not, exhibiting the behaviors and pick a child we'll say wayne rooney or david beckham because those are two classic examples if they're not exhibiting that that drive at the age of seven to go out and kick the soccer ball or play the basketball whatever um a thousand times then they they'll never be the next beckham or whatever and again we talked about the two percent and there's a very low likelihood they're going to be that, and it's not even when you start getting David Beckham, it's not even it's not even calculable how low it is. But yeah, that you should start seeing that at these younger age. And again, I just think you should try to avoid that entire conversation and focus on what you're doing. And then the next thing, and this is important to understand when we start getting into the overarching advice um, of soccer parenting education, that m- much of this. Um, advice, which is very well-intentioned and very helpful. I consume a lot of it. It's important for us to understand that um, it's targeted towards either coaches, rightfully so, because they're the ones who need the most education because they're the ones who are actually instructing our children. And then the assumption normally is parents who don't work actively with their child, which is also illogical because most parents don't. And I actually don't even recommend it. So I get that. 
But it's important to understand if you're listening to this podcast, especially with my horrible marketing, if you're listening to this podcast, you're in a different subset that the soccer parenting education, not only do they not present information or provide information for you in most cases, they have the authors of this information have not even met anyone like you. They don't even you're a unicorn. Someone out here who is passionate about the sport, passionate about their kids, but level headed and just looks at it just like you look at anything. They they've never met so they they've only met people who are passionate about the sport, passionate about their kids and completely bananas or some other pick another derogatory stereotype, but they ne- they haven't actually met a reflective person who is like trying to figure this stuff out and understands that they can support their child in soccer through training them, but not doing it too much. And, and, but understanding that, you know, if, if you only did what your kid wanted to do, you'd just be eating ice cream every day. They don't seem to even acknowledge that this type of person exists. And so I'm not trying to be condescending, but this has just been my experience and the experience of many folks I talk to. So just understand that most of that soccer education is dedicated to a certain person and you just need to pick and choose what you can and apply it to your life. And then finally, um, you'll hear this all the time. Yeah, but you got to do more than this or you got to do more than that. And again, guys, these, are, you know, uh, these are just simple clips that you're posting. It's, and so I think you should take all feedback in, but just recognize that, Hopefully you have an entire plan. At least that was the inspiration for by Anytime Soccer Training was to try to come up with a comprehensive plan that you can utilize at home. And I'm sure that's what you many of you guys are doing. Um, at, at, at I'm sure that many of you guys are doing that at home already. Okay. Now, I also did another podcast, and I'm not going to list the three things, but I effectively uh, said that there's areas that the parent trainer is uniquely suited to there are areas in which the parent trainer is uniquely suited to support their child. If you haven't listened to that podcast, go back to, I think it's there, but, but there, there was an important area that I left out and I did that intentionally because I didn't want to throw too much into one show. And even this one, I'm going to mention it, but I'm going to do a separate podcast on this, um, on this specifically. But the parent trainer is uniquely suited to helping the child mentally frame sport in their life, mentally process some of the information that the child is going to receive, like mentally deal with it. And what and what that means is in a short in a very short version is the same thing can happen to you. Right. And one person can frame this as a learning experience and another person can frame this as a negative experience and we as parents are uniquely suited to help our children frame what happens to them and what they see in a way that's positive for them and i interviewed a club director from spain and he mentioned this but it wasn't the topic of the show but when I went back and listened to it, I was like, yeah, that's one. Because I asked him effectively. I said, well, how do the coaches, how do you focus on development if in, in his youth soccer system they had pro- promotion or relegation? Because it would seem as if if you're about to be relegated, the coach would 
focus on winning because they didn't want the kids to be relegated or team to be relegated. And then if they did get relegated, it seems like all the kids would be disappointed. And he said, well, a lot of that depends on how the coach frames it. And I thought that was a brilliant answer. If you frame this as being extremely important, then the kids are going to take it as extremely important. If you frame this as being adversity and, you know, a, a developmental opportunity, then the kids are going to frame it as being um, adversity and developmental uh, developmental opportunity. And that I think that happens a lot in youth soccer. Um, and I, I'll, I'll share a podcast and I'll share some experiences that my son has had. And I just took the opportunity, whether I believed it completely or not, to say, I am going to frame this in a way that helps him grow and helps me grow. I could gossip. I could talk negatively about, say, the coach or another parent, but that's not that's not going to help my child. That's not going to help me. What I'm going to do is take this as an opportunity to frame it in a certain way. And that then leads me on to the next point, because, again, we start talking about frameworks in the last episode. And I've said this many, many occasions. Working with your child doesn't mean that you believe they're going to be um, become the next Messi or the next David Beckham or something. And I truly believe that. I don't know. I haven't spoken to enough parents to know if they, if they believe that, but I hope, I hope you believe that you working in the garage with your child is not going to turn them into the next Messi. but you know, so, so, but then the question becomes, well, but, but we, you know, we have expect, we have dreams for our children and I don't want to be a dream um, terminator. Right. I, I think the world has, is going to do that for you, for you, or at least they have a lot of people out there that they seem to enjoy doing that. So that's the last thing I'm going to do to my child. And so I'm kind of laughing and I'm going to get to the main point here. I'm kind of laughing because um, since the podcast has grown in my local area, when I go to practices, many parents who I'm meeting and some that I know will come up and talk to me about it. And I laugh at myself saying that, yes, I, I did give these things some thought, but it, I didn't think about them in this level of detail. And, and it wasn't until the podcast that I had to really sit back, write notes out and think meticulously about sort of what my core beliefs are and what impact I think that has on my children and then trying not to be a know-it-all, trying to be humble, trying not to be arrogant, trying to be open and then recognizing where I have gaps and all that is really hard. And, and so this is one of those shows where I didn't really think about it like this until I started doing a podcast. And then I had to kind of reconcile my beliefs as it relates to that comment, I'm not trying to raise the next messy because if you're not trying to raise, if you're working with your children in soccer and you know, you want them to improve, I actually don't think you want to put ceilings on them either. Let, let the world put the ceiling on them. There's a lot, like I said, there are a lot of people out there who are going to be more than willing to put a ceiling on you and put a ceiling on your child. So I just kind of let, just, let them dream. And so then that got me thinking, well, if I'm not trying to raise the next Messi, how should I think about this? Because as a parent, 
you know, I do have dreams for my kids. So, you know, I often joke with my other friends. I say, listen, I just want to have the real MVP speech. And if you're not familiar with the real MVP speech, go on YouTube and type in real MVP. But that's where famous basketball player uh, Kevin Durant gave a speech where he effectively said to his mom, thank you for everything you've done for us as a single mom and and all the sacrifices she's made. And she was in the audience crying and it was just a very heart heart um, felt moment. And then he concluded by effectively saying, Mom, you're the real MVP, not me. You are the reason I, I got here. I actually joke with my mom a lot saying that because my, my brother, I got an older brother, went to Harvard, and I went to Morehouse. And then we all went to Morehouse, and I got one that went to Clark, and then he went on to Wake Forest and all this kind of stuff. So we got ended up getting all these degrees, and I joke with my mom because even when we were in uh, – grad school we would call her and have her help us with essays and all that kind of stuff let alone high school and, and middle school she was all really, really very supportive in our education and I used to joke with her saying that you've pretty much got six degrees and so I tell people that one day all I want from my boys is my real MVP speech and so the purpose of this show and I'm rambling a little bit is to say well, how do I reconcile that? How do I reconcile wanting my real MVP speech with the fact that it just doesn't work that way? And so I kind of put it into two big buckets. I think all people should, if they don't, I think they do. And if they don't, they should have dreams. I think all people, if they don't, they should have dreams, right? And the difference between a parent and a non-parent is that non-parents have dreams for themselves, right? I have a brother who doesn't have any kids. He has dreams for himself. But me as a parent, we have, and I got another brother who has two, two sons. We have dreams for ourselves and we have dreams for our children, right? We got dreams for ourselves and we have dreams for our children. And so then let's go ahead and define a dream. And I looked it up on uh, Google and it says, a dream is a cherished aspiration or ambition or ideal. So I have a cher I have cherished aspirations for myself and I have cherished aspirations for my children. Now, the thing is, my, the cherished aspiration for myself, is, for example, might be, I want I want anytime soccer training to grow and be this million dollar business and I can just drop the mic and I can go speak on a TED talk on how I made it from nothing and all that kind of stuff. That's my dreams for myself. And then dreams for my kids. And this is the interesting thing. They're all over the place. They can't possibly live out all of these dreams I have for them. I want them to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. I want them to invent the cure for cancer. I want them to become um, the first brothers, if this it has been the case, to, to uh, no, this hasn't been the case, the first brothers to land on Mars. I want them to be um, uh, the greatest soccer players and maybe do a midfield and strike a combination for, and win the Champions League in Manchester United. I have all of these dreams for my children, right? So, 
and that I think this is a very natural thing for parents to do, especially when your kids are really young like ours. I think those dreams start getting a little bit more realistic <laughs> when your kids get older. But I have all of these dreams for my kids, okay, and myself. And I just think we have to embrace that and understand that because if you try to say you don't, I just don't think you're being honest with yourself and I don't think you can then put this stuff in its proper context if you're not being honest with yourself. All right, so that's one one category. And then the next one is expectations. And expectations are extremely important to me as I became an expectations advocate through working in quote-unquote inner city charter schools. Because when I first started working in a charter school, I wasn't an education person. I was more on the finance and business side of it. But I had to work with the academic faculty a lot. And the first thing they preached was expectations. And I used to say to them, man, if you don't have this, if you're not doing this, if the kids have this issue, you can't start with expectations. You got to start with it. And they were like, nope, no, 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 no. Expectations is the number one thing. We got to have the same expectations for our students that, that students who attend the best schools in the city have. It starts there. And from that expectations, you start building culture. And then from there, you start building the processes and all the other stuff that that motivates people to meet these expectations. But if you don't have a unified expectation, then you're going to have teachers doing this and this English teachers doing this and science teachers doing this and that kind of teacher doing that. You, everybody has to... Uh, connect and everybody has to convalesce, if you will, on the same set of expectations. And so what is an expectation? An expectation is a strong, and that's very important, a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. And I think that's pretty powerful. So as I think about, and let's go back to youth soccer. As I think about youth soccer in, in the context of my sons, or as it relates to my sons, you know, and, and then as it relates to the future, right, I have dreams, like all parents. I dream that one day I'm going to get that hug from the Champions League pit uh, sidelines and my son giving me some flowers saying, thank you, Dad, for all you did. That's a dream. But then I also have expectations, and those expectations tend to be very short-term. I have very short-term expectations, and I'll, I'll share a few of them with you today. And that's how I reconcile the um, you're not raising the next messy sort of comment that I often make. Now, on, in practical terms, I don't share my these dreams <clears throat> with my children. I don't share their dreams with the, my dreams for them. I don't share those with them. They're probably going to hear a little bit of it now on the podcast, but I don't share them with them because they are my dreams. I listen to their dreams. I try to observe what they're into, right? So that's number one. And then I also explain to them, and I have explained this to my older one, the difference between a dream and an expectation. Now, in terms of expectations, I do set some very clear expectations for them and the adults who are in charge of teaching them anything. So 
when I do the parent teacher conference at the beginning of the year, they say, you know, teachers are so nice. I'm like, oh, what are you, what are you looking for in your child? Uh, my expectations that they is that they are above. They perform in reading and math two grade levels above average. Right. So when you send me, so whatever you're gonna send me. Uh, in terms of their progress, my expectation is that they are ticking two grade levels above average. That's my conversation with her. The teachers so far has been women, and that's my conversation with my children. And then, based on that expectation, we start setting up a strategy to get there. So I'm not stressing them out like I'm just pulling this out of a, uh, a magic box like you need to do this. My expectation is because of all the stuff that we do at home and because, and no, no criticism in North Carolina, but in our grade levels are below average when you look at it on a global perspective. So I don't want this show to be too, too long, and I actually don't have much more to say about this. But that's sort of how I reconcile it. Now, my children will have dreams and I'm very adamant about not ever telling them they can't do this or they can't do that. And I don't say that to other people around them. Those are their dreams. So I just let them go with it. Now, the final point on that is, Again, and I have to do a separate podcast on this, but I've effectively explained to my sons, you have to be, you have to practice and be pretty good at two things. One thing is um, school, this is mandatory. And the other is something that you enjoy or something you want to, you choose. And right now, my older one has chosen soccer to be that thing. So everything else we do, especially as it relates to, to sports in their minds is a hundred percent fun. So five football, basketball, um, um, we started doing some badminton and all that kind of stuff. They, that's just fun. And soccer is still in the very, 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 very much fun, but there's the other, other elements that we talked about in terms of training. And, and so now what I do is say, okay, you have these dreams of becoming in, you know, playing at a high level of soccer. I'm going to share with you how to turn your dream into a reality. And I do that in a number of different ways. I relate a lot of the stuff I'm doing struggles, good, the good, the wins, the, the mistakes, a lot of stuff I'm doing in building anytime soccer training, it's very relatable to uh, sport, right? No one believes in you. No one gets you saw, but you know you got to learn all these new skills, and it's just ups and downs, and then you win some, you lose some. It's very relatable, so I share that with uh, my sons. But then I also got them to well, not my younger one. But my older one, we have started slowly writing out, okay, this is my dream, right? This is what I want to do, which then gets into these are these big long-term uh, long goals. And then here are some short-term goals. And then here are uh, 
the expectations and then here's the strategies to get there. And that's sort of how we started thinking about it because at the end of the day, when we start talking about frameworks and framing things, hopefully he can translate, he can transfer those skills that he's learning to anything he wants to do in his life. And again, not to beat a dead horse, but it's also important that he sees me living it. So it may not be I'm out there training every day, even though I'm going to start. Uh, I got a special thing for you guys. I'm going to start doing some stuff with them. But it's he's seeing me be consistent in other areas. And he's seeing the strategy um, and the hard work beginning to pay off. So, again, I wanted to put this show out here for con- con- public consumption. I wish it could be as linear and as thoughtful as um, maybe some other ones. But it's a very difficult thing it was a difficult thing for me to get my head around so i just wanted to ramble a little bit so that our professionals mental coaches and specialists can hear this and help us think about how we reconcile the how we should reconcile the two with our own children because sometimes i do worry that um, I put, maybe we're putting it in too, too much emphasis on youth soccer, but you know, that's what I want to hear from them. And I would love for them to come on and give a candid opinion about how they feel. And that's why I did this show. And so listen, if you have an opinion about it, please drop a comment on the Facebook group. If you'd like to come on the show and share your uh, perspective, I would enjoy having a conversation with you as well. And again, um, um, check out anytime-soccer.com. Join the mailing list. We'll send you some information. And again, my name is Neil Crawford. I'm the host of the show and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If if you like this podcast or you think someone else would like it, please share it with them or leave a note in the um, Apple, right, Apple review. It really would help me out. And let's get better together. Thank you.